situation. Grief comes to us in many ways. And we started looking at the subject of let's deal with grief last week. And we looked at the question, where is God when I'm broken? Today I want to continue with this simple question. God, why? God, why did you let this happen to me? And specifically, dealing with the anger that is associated with the loss of a loved one or a situation that's very serious. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. The word of God says this. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Listen to the word of God again. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we come before you right now in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, I just want to be obedient to the Holy Ghost today. I yield myself, I yield my mind and my tongue, Lord. I yield my spiritual ears and my physical ears to to be sensitive to him today, Lord God. There are people in this congregation that are hurting. Someone's dealing with this issue of anger and you want to minister to them today, God. I pray that you would give them ears to hear, hearts to receive what your spirit would say unto the church, Lord. Uh, God, it might be it might not be anger dealing with uh, the loss of a loved one, but it might be anger over some other issue, maybe in their marriage, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe in the nation that we live in. God, I thank you that you want us to deal with grief uh, and you want us to deal with the anger that's associated with our grief. And God, I give you liberty to do what you want to do. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Shake three hands before you're seated and tell them you're glad to see them in God's house today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're a good looking congregation on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know that you got a God who is aware of every situation in your life? Not only is God aware of every situation in your life, but God cares about every situation in your life. And I want to tell you something. Every emotion that you have, God has given that emotion to you. And they serve as indicators to let us know what's going on in our lives. Amen. When we are happy, that means things are going good. When things are, when we're sad, that means that things are going bad. When we're grieving, grief is, as I told you last week, uh, extreme sorrow due to the loss of an emotional connection. You invested in someone or something and you were expecting something and all of a sudden that investment is gone. You experience sorrow. You experience grief. And it's okay to ask God, why? God, why am I hurting? Why did you allow this to happen to me? We looked at the fact last week that good things come to good people and bad people. The Bible says that God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. But just as good things come, so do bad things. We need to understand that just because bad things are coming into our lives and bad things have happened, God's not judging us. We need to realize that God wants us to draw close to Him. But sometimes we get mad at God when bad things happen and we say, Why God? You ever been there? 
You ever shake your fist at God and say, why did you let this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why did I lose my job? Why are my children being so rebellious? Why, God? And I tell you something, God already knew you were going to ask Him why. It didn't catch him by surprise. Maybe you've been holding back because you want to be a, a super spiritual Christian and you want to hold uh, yourself together and you want to put on a good front. Go ahead and be real with God. He knows what's in your heart. And I want to exhort you as we go through this series, uh, be real with God. God is telling me to preach this because He wants to deal with the hurt that's in your heart. Sometimes we get mad at God and I'm going to tell you something. That's okay. God can handle you being mad with Him. You need to pour your heart out to God. Look at what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says. First of all, it says, Be ye angry. So we can be angry. What is anger? Anger is an is a expression of dissatisfaction. It comes on us when things didn't go the way we wanted to. We get mad, amen? It might be something like our team losing uh, when we really expected them to. We didn't get the promotion we were looking for at work. Uh, it might be that our loved ones treated us wrong or it might be that somebody passes. We get mad, hallelujah. I'm so glad the Bible doesn't say, don't you be angry. Aren't you glad of that? Because that would be hard for us to do. Sometimes it would be hard for my wife, especially to not be angry with me from time to time. Don't look at me like that. It's hard for your spouse too. <laughs> but notice what the scripture says here. Be ye angry and sin not. There's three things we want to look at this morning. We want to look at the need to recognize we're angry. How does anger show up? We need to confess our anger and then we need to learn how to release our anger. Amen. There are some people in the world today, they are so angry, they are like a powder keg waiting to explode. All it's going to take is the right match. Why do we have school shootings? Why do we have workplace violence? Because people are angry and they don't know how to deal with it. Why do we have people that are, that are, that are doing all the things that are going on in this world and they're, they're doing something as great as defacing a monument that can't fight back? They're angry. God says, be ye angry and sin not. How do I recognize I'm angry? First of all, examine your emotions. Here is the, the writer of, of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, saying you've got to recognize your anger. How do I know when I'm angry? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. There's some things that we can look at this morning. When you are angry... You got to understand that sometimes you so you're angry and you just quiet. How many of you, whenever your loved one's mad, they just get quiet. They don't say nothing to you, and you know you're in trouble. You know something's coming down the pike. Maybe somebody at work. Sometimes a silence is a sound sign of anger. Sometimes thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. It's because you're angry. Anybody been there? It just runs over in your mind again and again and again, and you get more and more worked up about it. And before you know it, you are exploding on somebody. You get angry and you share things with that. Raised voices. Anybody in here? Hallelujah. You wouldn't say you, you yell when, you, when, you, when you're mad, but you raise your voice. Anybody? Yeah. We raise our voice when we're angry, don't we? Hallelujah. Now notice this. 
Sometimes fast talking is a sign that we're angry. I told you, don't you do that again. <laughs> I'm preaching to the house today. I know that. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then here's one. Sometimes we use sign language, don't we? To express how we mad. Don't take that trash outside right now. We use all these to express our anger. And we've got to deal with our anger. Why? Because the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Now, what's the right use of anger? There's a wrong use of anger, just like there's a wrong use of every emotion you have and a right use. The right use of anger is this. It motivates you to pray about your situation. It's okay for you to get mad at the devil. The Bible says that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy in John 10, 10. And you need to realize when you experience a loss in your life, the devil's trying to steal. The devil's trying to kill. The devil's trying to destroy your faith and your hope and your dreams. And so it should motivate you to get on the altar and pray. It should motivate you to come to the house of the Lord and to live to please God and to call on God. Even if you're asking, why God? Pray and call on Him. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to realize this also. The right use of, of anger causes us to protect our family. I guarantee you, if somebody breaks into that parsonage over there, I'm not going to lay hands on them in Jesus' name. I'm going to stop the problem. Amen. Your anger can protect you. Your anger can defend you. There is a right way and a wrong way to express it. And we want to look at that today. But it starts by recognizing your anger. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures. I didn't get a chance to put them in, Brother Glenn, so I'm going to give you a chance to pull them up. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Notice what it says here while he's pulling that up. We're talking about husbands and wives. Many times when we go through a loss or we go through a difficult experience, it's easy for us to take it out on the ones that we're closest to. Amen? Nobody knows you better than your spouse and your children. And we feel like we can let our hair down around them. But notice what Paul wrote to the Colossians. He said, Husbands, uh, love your wives and be not bitter against them. The Lord gave me this definition of bitterness. He said that bitterness is anger that's made a home in your heart. Bitterness is anger after it's made a home in your heart. Uh, you get to where nothing they do makes you happy. You get to where nothing they say, nothing they, they talk to you about will help you. Now, 1 Peter 3.10. Look that one up for me too, brother. 1 Peter 3.10. It's important for us to realize that when we are angry, that we have got to control it. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. When you are mad, how many of you have heard the old saying, before you discipline your child, count the ten? My daddy didn't quite get that right. He used to count the ten as he was disciplining me. <laughs> but we need to understand this morning and realize something. Whenever we are about to speak, to our children, to our spouses, to our co-workers, to people at church. How many church splits have happened because somebody was grieving and they were hurt and they were angry? And rather than taking time to pray about it, they spoke at a moment of haste. Notice what it says here. Peter says, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Who's in control of your tongue? 
You are. You don't have to say everything that comes up in your mind. Praise God. Notice what it says here. Refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. I wondered if Peter was talking about Simon the sorcerer whenever he came up with the scripture. Because if you get a chance, go back and look in the book of Acts. And it says that there was a man named Simon. He was a sorcerer. And he saw all the works that the apostles were doing. And he tried to buy the Holy Ghost with money. And Peter said, may your money perish with you. I see that you are, you are in the grips or in, in the gall of bitterness. See, something that happened in Simon's life. That hurt him. He might have been upset because he was losing clientele to the Holy Ghost. It hurt him. And Peter pointed out the problem to him. Said, "Look, the reason why you're acting like you're acting is because you've been and you are in the grips of bitterness. Don't speak what you're feeling. Don't share what you're feeling. Let me share with you Ephesians four six and four. Ephesians four six and four." While he's looking that up, how many of you have ever said, you know, a lot of times the worst thing you can do is be in a good mood when somebody's in a bad mood. Because when you're in a good mood and they're in a bad mood, they're going to try to make you get in the bad mood with them. Hallelujah. Now we can't do nothing about them. But when it comes to you and me this morning, notice what Paul says here. And, and the Lord told me to tell you this. Don't share your anger. Don't try to make people angry because you're angry. Don't try to make them sad because you're sad. Notice what it says here. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. I want you to realize this morning that God is in you even in the midst of your sorrow. Amen. And you need to cast your cares upon Him. Let him comfort you. Let him deal with you. Now, you don't help. You know, I heard the old expression, misery loves company, right? And a lot of times, that's why when we see somebody smiling and we hurting, we just want to bring them down too. Make sure in your anger that you don't share it. Now, Colossians 3.21. It warns of fathers against provoking their children to anger, which leads the children to be discouraged. Uh, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, what that's telling us is this right here. Don't share your anger. Before you say something, before you do something, ask yourself, why am I about to do this? Why am I about to go here? Is it because I'm hurting? Is it because of something going on in my life? And then what you've got to do is release it. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Now, I'm not talking about Ariel either. Or what, whichever one, Anna, Elsa. We ought to know that one by heart, shouldn't we? Bless my. <laughs> I had a momentary senior moment there. Look at what we need to do here. Go back with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down. Upon your wrath. How quickly am I to deal with my anger that day? So look at your neighbor and say, What are you still mad at me for? <laughs> when, am I, when should I deal with my anger? That day, that moment. How 
do I do with my anger? I'm glad you asked me that. Notice what it says here in verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. How many of you know we got an enemy out there? He, he's seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says he's like a, a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's after me. He's after you. He's after your children. He's after your finances. He wants, to, he wants you to go to the same hell that he knows he's going to. But we have a choice of whether or not we're going to let him do it. Hallelujah. I told you we got to deal with anger that day. When it rises up in our spirits, when something happens that frustrates us, that aggravates us, that makes us want to give up and makes us want to quit and makes us want to throw in the towel because we're frustrated, the first thing we got to do is confess it. Don't be so holy you can't express your your. Mm-hmm. Don't be so holy you can't express your feelings to God. If you're angry, say, God, I'm mad about this thing. I'm mad about the fact my loved one is taken from me. I'm mad about the fact I lost my job. I'm mad about the fact that this thing is going on. God, in my life, I've got this sickness. I've got this financial problem. I'm angry about it, God. My feelings are right. I promise you, God is big enough. He ain't going to get upset. And when you do that, you automatically take the control away from the devil. Because guess what? So long as you hold on to it, the devil's got to hold on you. I think Sister Tina mentioned it in Sunday school this morning and she was right on point with it. She said that a lot of times when we hold a grudge against somebody, when we hold a grudge and we hold on to our anger, we're not hurting them, we're hurting ourselves. And that's why when we confess our anger, we release it into God's hands. Now, again, I've already shared with you, don't share your anger. In a bad way. There's a good way to share it. And we'll talk about that. We've already talked about making other people angry because you're angry. What's the good way to share anger? The good way to share anger. Brother Tim, can I be honest with you? I've got some anger in my heart today. Can you help me pray about it? And we go to the Lord in prayer. Or I talk to, to my children. And I tell my children in a nice way. You know what? You shouldn't have done that. That's aggravated me. Um, Let's talk about this thing. Let's change the direction. Let's change the course. When you confess your anger and you share it in a right way, beloved, you take away any foothold the devil has in your life. You know, scientists have done studies and they found that people get ulcers because they're so angry. People's blood pressures go up because they're so angry. People can have heart attacks because they are so angry. So I believe that's why the Holy Ghost inspired Paul to write, said, Be ye angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down on your ass. And don't give place to the devil. Don't let the devil grab a foothold in your anger. Now, this is the last point I want to make about this sermon today. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Two scriptures, one point. That's pretty good, ain't it? Three scriptures, one point. Because I want you to realize this. Comfort is a choice. Do you understand that this morning? You can choose to let God comfort you. Or if you want to hold on to your anger, God will let you hold on to your anger. If you want to hold on to your bitterness, God will let you do it. If you want to hold on to your sickness, God ain't going to force you one thing on you. 
But notice what the scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who is the God of all comfort? God is. If you need comfort this morning, you're not going to find it on TV. You're not going to find it in any of the other things of the world. The only comfort that's genuine and true comes from Almighty God. And a right relationship. Go ahead and give Him praise. That's all right. Notice what He says here. I love this. Who comforteth us in some of our tribulations? What does it say? Who comforteth us in all of our tribulation? Aren't you glad of that? If you're in here this morning and you're suffering the loss of a loved one, you're suffering loss of any type, you have a God who wants to comfort you. That's why the Bible said, our Lord and Savior Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth who will abide with you always. God wants to comfort you. Now listen. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You might ask yourself, God, why are you allowing me to go through this? Because God knows your beginning and your end. And he knows there is somebody who's going to come into your path that you're going to need to comfort. Go ahead and give him praise. That's all right. You're going to have some people. See, some of you in here are going to be able to minister to people that I can't minister to because I haven't lost a loved one like you have. But you're going to meet somebody at work, somebody at school, somebody at church, and you're going to be and they're going to be hurting, and you're going to be able to say, I understand, I've been there. God has helped me through it, and God will help you too. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give them praise and glory. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. 2 Thessalonians 2.17 The word of God says this. Again, comfort is a choice. Comfort your hearts. How is your heart this morning? What is my heart? My heart's fine. It's beating 160 a minute or something. No, that's not the heart I'm talking about. I'm talking about your emotional heart. Paul said to the Thessalonians, comfort your heart. That means you've got to open up and let the Holy Spirit come in. Can I tell you right now, sin's not going to do it for you. There's a lot of people trying to find comfort in drugs and alcohol and and ungodly affairs and relationships and, and by money and by all different types of things. None of that stuff comforts you. Why? Because your heart is eternal. And the only thing that is eternal is God. And only God can eternal can comfort your heart. Because it's eternal like he is. Notice what it says here. Comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. Remember we were talking about expressing your anger earlier? Could it be that the reason why you say in those things, you say, man, why did I say that? Why am I acting that way? Could it be it's because you're hurting and you're not letting God comfort you? You see, Paul paints a picture right here we need to grab hold of. Comfort 
goes right along with good works and words. And it boils back to what I said. First of all, if you want to deal with, with anger this morning, if you're going to deal with it, admit that you're mad. Once you admit that you're mad, number two, don't share it in the wrong way. Take control of the anger before the anger takes control of you. Give it to God. Release it and then get deliverance by confessing it and allowing God to heal you of it. I'm going to ask the praise team if they'll come back to the...